Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, all you gearheads and car fiends, welcome to Driven Radio Show, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield, here with my co-host and engineer extraordinaire, Mr. Mark Groves. Yo! And we are coming to you from the positively frigid... Oh, dude, yeah. ...driven radio studios. We uh, we got the meat, you know, hanging here. I'm going to start punching on it after the show, you know. Go ahead, Rock. (laughs) 20 bucks, bottle booze, no problem. Uh, We got a lot of car world news this week, but before we get to that, have you done anything fun? Did you go to any car shows? I saw some pictures you took. Yeah, I I posted them over on, uh, because I haven't done anything with it in so long, Road Muscle Radio's uh, Facebook page, but I went to a couple of them. Uh, Gateway Classic Cars had their last Saturday of the month dealio. Yeah, yeah. And it was... It was surprisingly well packed. Yeah. Uh, and they had some great cars. There were a couple of Mustangs there. The big, fat, you know, early 70s Mustangs that nobody likes that I love. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right they had up two your alley. Of them, uh, two Mach 1s that were just massive. And I'm like, oh, darling, yes. <laughs> uh, and even in, in stock inside the building, they had uh, quite a few really, really good-looking well, cars. They, they do keep good-looking stuff on hand. And a they lot do. of what they do is, uh, is consignment sales. So people will bring whatever it is they don't love any longer or want to trade for something else or want to and they leave them there and that means that gateway always has a pretty diverse selection of stuff yeah it's always changing out so you're going to see something new uh, and every one month. of my buddies who used to work at the harley dealership and now works at gateway in olathe uh, is out there randy hey how you doing also i <laughs> uh, noticed you took a picture of a nassau blue corvette that's the yes i did big block version of my car <laughs> and i'm looking at that going <laughs> i almost i almost did a boo-boo too because i could walk it up and i swear to god i thought you were on the other side of it doing something with the wheel oh no and i started to come up and say hey whose piece of shit is this and and luckily, oh I went, hey, oh, and then I saw the guy who owned his stand up. I'm like, I, wait, something's not, oh, oh not uh, the car I thought it no. was. No. Okay. <laughs> we're we're going to have to have a conversation about how to distinguish a small block from a big block. Well, I wasn't looking at the engine. It was just, a, it's, no, no, it's no. gorgeous. From the outside. Convertible. Hood's got a power bulge on it with a big block because uh-huh. I had to have a little bit more height to clear the air cleaner underneath. Yeah. So. And my car doesn't have that. It just has a very pretty little... You've got the bulges. You are streamlined. Yes. It's beautiful. The women, they like our bulges. <laughs> they, they like our bulges. <laughs> After leaving there, I shot up to Gower, Missouri. I know you went to Gower, Missouri. <laughs> and I went to the... Uh, oh, God, I forgot the name of... There's a Catholic monastery there uh, that has these singing nuns. They have a bunch of CDs, and I even put up a little uh, little video of it because it's beautiful But singing. you didn't go to hear them that, sing. You went no. to see... I went to see uh, Sister Wilhelmina who uh, was just kicking back, taking a chill pill, because she'd been in the ground for four years yeah, in a in wooden coffin. A and when they uh, they were moving her, they were going to move her bones, you know, in back into a, a more revered place uh, inside the uh, chapel and come find out she, her body hasn't really deteriorated. Yeah, she sat all. up and said, took you guys long yeah. enough. <laughs> I stood in a line for an hour as it wove its way around I to go in. Dude, people line. are touching touching her body and it's and it's all groovy the the two nuns were standing there smiling watching people don't you 
get something from that? Isn't this how one of the Walking Dead episodes starts? <laughs> well, this is how saints start because it's like a supposedly incorruptible body. Uh, there were a lot of devout Catholics. Some people like kissed her arm and kissed her leg and stuff. And I'm like, no. Ew. I did touch your leg, though. I, I, I got down and I kneeled down. I, I tried to show as much respect as Dude, possible. I won't even touch leftovers that been in the <laughs> fridge longer than four or five days. <laughs> Screw that. But I felt a little cheated because I found out later that the her face, which looked really good for somebody who's been in the ground for four years, was actually a uh, a wax effigy. Oh, it, it oh. was. It okay. was. Yeah, okay. they'd made a wax mask. And I'm like, oh, man. And then after that, uh, I was driving back through. I went through a small town called Plattsburgh, mm-hmm. uh, which when I first moved up here 21 years ago, I looked at a house there that's haunted. But I, I head into town to just kind of go, hey, what's still here? And there's a car show going on. Haunted car show. Yeah. <laughs> so I stopped. And Ooh, I, I dragged my, ca- my phone camera out and I'm snapping pics. And there were some gorgeous vehicles there. And it was just it was a great morning. I did happen to notice that you shot more than one set of Craigers. I did. And one of them looked like they were on the front of a white 61 or 62 Corvette. They were, mm-hmm. as God intended. Yes. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I, I made one of those uh, set of Craigers. I believe I made it the uh, uh, for the uh, Road Muscle Radio uh, Facebook page. It's it's like the main image up at the top. Because, it should be. It should be. And I had somebody, I, and I wish I remembered who it was because I wanted to give them a shout out who uh, did an, you know, an LOL on just my I, picture of one of them. I'm like, you got it. I, I, I will say this. You are <laughs> nothing if not consistent. I am, sir. Yes, you am. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a good weekend. How about you? Uh, we are we got the last of the stuff out of the old house moved and over <sighs> here. I don't ever have to do that again. No. Uh, you know, thank God for tramadol. Amen. Uh, God, that stuff is tough, man. Uh, <laughs> you don't realize it until you wake up the next morning. Hey, I, uh, I was pretty stoned all day yesterday. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That'll encourage you to <laughs> not take that. Anyway, uh, got to drive the blue Corvette a little bit. Dad got a look at it. As soon as he got a look at it, it was like, hey, uh, you think maybe you could talk to Rick Hunter for me? Because I'd really <gasps> like it if he'd do that to my Silver 65 Corvette. And I came inside and I sat down in my office and I was going through some stuff. I mean, Rick called five minutes later. Really? And I said, hey, uh, we were just talking about you. And he says, uh-oh. And I said, no, 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 no. This is good. This is good. <laughs> And Rick's seen Dad's car, but uh, I don't know that he's gotten a really great look at it because when I had him down at the warehouse looking at both cars, I was yeah. looking at mine to have a little work done. Anyway, sounds like uh, he may get a chance to take another stab at Hatfield Corvettes, which is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, it was fun to watch my dad look at my car and go, this looks great. <laughs> dad? Yeah, because he doesn't hand out compliments very easily. Pretty cool stuff. Very, very cool stuff. Oh, and uh, also shout out to uh, our friends over at Hot Rod Express. Oh, yes. Uh, love you guys. Sorry for your loss. Oh. They had a they had a great team member that had been there decades. Well, it was uh, Rick's partner, Mike. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I did talk, like I said, I talked to Rick a little bit, and he says they're still trying to get things figured out, but I have great faith in them. Oh, yeah. They will figure out what what to do next they are masters of their craft and they you know well and you watch their facebook posts and their instagram stuff they are still cranking out great work they are 
So. And uh, so proud of them for all that they've done. Sorry for your loss, but, uh, you know, our heart's with you. And soon enough, another Corvette. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're going to go pearl silver this time instead of Nassau blue. Got a lot of news to cover this week, so let's get to it. From Motor Authority, Paul Newman's 1998 Volvo V90 Volvette. Yes. Is for sale. Oh. Uh, now, it's a it's a Volvo station wagon. Now, let's start out with that. It was owned by uh, Paul Newman. It's being auctioned off by R.M. Sotheby's. Why is a 1998 Volvo V90 being auctioned off? Well, and why is it called a Volvette? It's powered by a Chevrolet LS2 6-liter V8, kind <laughs> used in the C6 Corvette. Uh, Newman had commissioned two previous engine swap Volvo wagons, but his third and final build was a surprise from his racing team, who included a plaque on the dashboard. Wagon was given to Newman in 2007, but he died in 2008. So didn't he didn't get to enjoy it very much. Yeah, not much of a chance, which means low miles. Uh, <laughs> the small block V8 is coupled to a GM-sourced V four-speed automatic transmission, stock drive shaft, which had to be shortened. Stock inline six and transmission are included with the sale if you want to go back to boring. Why would you? Oh, for Christ's uh, gosh sakes. Uh, other yeah, modif- him too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> other <laughs> modifications include an altered shift linkage to line up with the Volvo center console, reworked wiring, and a modified front suspension. Rear suspension remains stock, which is surprising where they built to really kind of handle that type of a I think they were, I think they were reasonably robust that uh, inline six never would have put out that kind of power that uh, that six liter is going to be good for about 400 horse <laughs> but this wasn't this was not Newman's first foray into changing out these uh, yeah, on a Volvo station wagon. It's no. like number three, and it was a surprise for him. Now, the exterior was left stock except for a custom rear badge reading V06. Mm-hmm. So you've got this. Can you imagine this, you know, a soccer mom sleeper rolling up next to you, but there's this thing going. Blah, 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 blah. You'd have to be paying attention uh, to catch that badge or at least listening to what's next to you, knowing for sure that <laughs> no stock Volvo ever sounded like that. <laughs> One of Newman's other modified Volvo wagons was a 960 with a supercharged 5-liter V8 from a Ford Mustang. Uh, Oh, God, I love this. Newman convinced friend and fellow celebrity car enthusiast David Letterman to buy one as well, and it was featured on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. The auction for the Volvette ends on June 13th. RM Sotheby's had an initial estimate of $20,000 to $25,000. Frickin' reasonable. Yes. But, but the current bid sits at 40000 with plenty of time to go. Damn it. That's all. I know, right? That already exceeds the uh, free cash I have laying around. Uh, th- <laughs> Check the other pocket. This is uh, one of those where you call your uh, your loan officer at the bank and you say, I have great credit. He says, you don't need another car. <laughs> Newman also did another Volvo wagon where they lifted the drivetrain out of a uh, Grand National, that 3.8 liter uh, turbocharged. And, oh, my gosh. And he did another one. So apparently this is a theme for him. He really likes the sleeper. Plus, having that kind of power and still being able, you know, you can haul people, you can haul groceries, and you can haul ass. <laughs> I wonder if the engine bay is, you know, is it the right size? Because it looked pretty packed in in the pictures that are on Motor Authority. Well, I'm sure for that six liter LS, but you know that that three point eight would have left a little bit of room, a little bit of room. It's a narrower engine, I do believe. 
from Motor Authority. The Bugatti Bolide hypercar tests ahead of 2024 deliveries. Prototypes for the Bugatti Bolide are being evaluated ahead of the start of deliveries for the wild track car in 2024. The final design was approved only a few months ago and is represented in the latest prototypes. Track car. You, is it only for racing? It or? is not a streetable car. Oh. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe if you live in Missouri, you could hang some turn signals <laughs> off of it. Production ver- The production version looks very close to the concept that was unveiled in 2020, but that concept was never actually intended for production. Differences from the concept include a more pronounced roof scoop, fewer fins behind the front wheel arches, the addition of side mirrors, a revised adjustable rear wing. The complete aerodynamic package can be swapped between high downforce and low drag, depending upon what you want or what track you're running. And the nose of the car is designed to lower when the driver brakes hard, enabling the front splitter to deliver more downforce. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Jesus. Here, here's the stuff that starts to be a little bit mind-blowing. Bugatti hasn't finalized performance numbers, but initial testing has shown the Bolide is able to deliver 2.5 Gs of grip on the skid pad. New, the new Corvette Z06 is a, is a little over a G. You're going to be picking your retina out of the back of your hat. Oh, my God, man. It's going to flatten your liver for you. The Bolide features a carbon fiber monocoque and integrated roll cage and unique cooling transmission and push rod suspension systems. Wow. The engine is Bugatti's turbocharged 8 liter W16 that delivers 1,578 horsepower oh my God. on 98 octane fuel. But if you bump up to the 110 octane racing fuel, 1,824 horsepower. 8. 1,524 horsepower. As the car is designed for track use, all four turbochargers are always in operation. Oh, my God. That thing must sound just monstrous. Yeah, it probably sounds like it'd suck a goose through it. (laughs) The engine has also been tuned to rev higher than road-going Bugattis and is made into an upgraded version of the seven-speed dual-clutch automatic. The brakes use carbon ceramic rotors that will build up heat and operate best when they do, and with new calipers that are more efficient at generating and keeping the heat. Special covers on the 18-inch wheels have been installed to protect the wheels from the extreme heat generated by the brakes. Tires are racing slicks supplied by Michelin, probably sticky enough just to hang on your wall. (laughs) The targeted dry weight for the Bolide is a little under 3,200 pounds. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. 1,800 horsepower, 3,200 pounds. (laughs) Well, a little under 3,200 pounds, so 31 and change, but like it makes a difference. Good. And performance should be on par with top motorsport levels, according to Bugatti. Bugatti will build a a total of 40 examples, and every one of them is already sold, despite a price of around 4 million euros, uh, which is approximately 4.3 million at current exchange rates. Already sold all of them. Rich people will continue to do rich people things. They look like a modern Corvette, like a a recent Corvette had sex with a, a McLaren. Yeah, and yeah, that, uh, that's fair. That's and then fair. it had a nose job. Yeah, well, but it's it's hella cool looking. The password is rhinoplasty. <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to drive one of those just to scare the crap out of myself. Oh yeah, I wouldn't even know what to do. All I'd, I'd end up doing is a donut, and then uh, I'm done. Well, I'm two, two and a half G's, two and a half God. G's. That means that whatever forces are acting on you make you weigh two and a half times what you really weigh. (laughs) I go from zero to crap myself in 1.8 seconds. Well, that's if you could even get it out. (laughs) 
Couldn't jam a needle up there with a jackhammer. What's stuck to my spine? Oh, my colon. Uh huh. There you go. Nice. (laughs) From Meekum.com, Meekum Indy 2023 collector car auction brings $113 million in sales. God. Those guys at Meekum continue to crush it. Meekum's annual flagship classic and collector car auction event in Indianapolis achieved more than $100 million in overall sales for the second year in a row with a $113 million total take at this year's auction and it stands as the second highest total ever reached in the event's 36 year history they had a 76 percent sell-through rate which is respectable and it was representative representative of the stellar offerings the complete list of top 10 sellers in indy proved to be an excellent reflection of the auction's overall diversity of offerings including an array of both vintage and modern vehicles and company encompassing both luxury and performance autos as well the singular consistency among the group was that all of them were american-made yeah, that's kind of surprising. All of the top 10 were American-made. Two Ford GT Heritage Editions made the list. A 2020 that sold for $1.38 million and a 2006 that sold for 660000 I've been covering those for a while. I've been tracking the 2006 Heritage Editions because a few years ago when I was watching them, I was down in Scottsdale. They were selling for four thirty when the regular 2005 and 2006s were selling for three hundred, And I thought... Man, that's it. That's the pinnacle. You're never going to see any more for that particular car, <laughs> considering it was under 200 grand new, 660 grand. Wow. A pair of Corvettes made the top 10 list as well. A 1971 Chevy Corvette Export ZR2 Coupe brought 715,000, and a 1967 Chevrolet Corvette convertible and tuxedo black over bright blue interior that I wrote up for GM Authority. Go check it out, kids. <laughs> Wound up bringing $660,000. That is a one-of-one car. They made four uh, 67 Corvettes in tuxedo black over bright blue, and I know it sounds like a bruise, but it's really more attractive than you think. But there was only one of them with a 400 horse 427 in it. And the car was gorgeous and it's won every stinking award under the sun. Complete top 10 collector car sales at Indy 2023 include a 1970 Plymouth Cuda. Hell yeah. Uh, This thing was a a true through and through custom. A 440 Rapid Transit Show car sold for $2.2 million. The 2020 Ford GT Heritage Edition that sold for 1.375, 1.38 round up, you may as well. Uh, the famous 1970 Dodge Hemi Challenger yeah. RTSE, the Black Ghost that was raced in and around the Detroit area of memory serves, sold for 1.072. Uh, 69 Chevy Camaro ZL1, aluminum block, aluminum head, stupid power. You know, Chevy Camaro, well, okay, how much did that one go? 770. Jesus. I saw so many Camaros up at uh, uh, at the Plattsburgh Car Show. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was Camaro after Camaro after Camaro, and from the 60s and early 70s. Yeah. Just a S-ton of them. I'm like, damn, boys. They've, they've always been popular, but they've gotten even hotter over the last few years. Nice. Uh, that 71 Chevy Corvette ZR2 Coupe that went for 715 mm-hmm. A 2006 Ford GT Heritage Edition, the one we were just talking about, that went for 660 The 67 uh, Tuxedo Black Over Bright Blue uh, Corvette Convertible that went for 660 A 1931 
Cadillac Series 452 V16 convertible coupe. Just rolling class. Also went for 660. 67 Shelby GT350 fastback brought 632.5. And a a 1970 Plymouth Hemi Superbird. Mm. At 6.05. Your Mopars are well represented there, Mark. I know, and I'm hating on it a little bit, too, because that just makes their prices keep going up. Well, Sons of bitches. Yeah, well, you, you don't have to worry about it. These are big wing cars oh, and Cudas and stuff like that. And the sexy, these super sexy land yachts <laughs> that you chase, <laughs> still fairly reasonable. Uh, you know, their reputation and their bumpers precede them. Um, that 31 Cadillac, uh, oh, when we were at, so good looking. uh, what was it? The great American, not the great car show yes. last year at the Memorial down in Kansas yeah. city. They had a, there was a Cadillac down there with a, with a V16 in it. And I don't remember if you, you might not have been at the table when it went rolling by that thing was whisper quiet. Yes. And it just, it just, well, and they were so oh. smooth and oh my God, yeah. so classy, big, but bold. Yes. From GM Authority, federal judge clears way to enforce right-to-repair law in Massachusetts. This is really interesting. Shocking that it's in Massachusetts and not a Midwestern state. Yes. But a new right-to-repair law in Massachusetts recently got the go-ahead from a federal judge for enforcement. The law went into effect on Thursday, June 1st, uh, amid efforts from automakers to overturn it. Uh-huh. The the uh, Massachusetts Attorney General Andrea Joy Campbell was given authority to begin enforcing the law despite an ongoing lawsuit that is against it. Automakers have asked U.S. District Judge uh, Douglas Woodlock for a temporary restraining order to prevent Campbell from enforcing the new law. Here's the deal. The new Massachusetts right to repair law, which was overwhelmingly approved by voters in a 2020 referendum, requires automakers who sell vehicles in Massachusetts to give consumers and independent repair shops access to vehicle telematics, thus providing the digital information needed to diagnose vehicle uh, problems and repair issues. Independent shops argue that that the uh, right to repair is needed to fight automaker monopolies on automotive maintenance. Makes sense. Wicked awesome. Yeah, you know, not everything needs to be a Mac computer. Although the law is supported by enthusiasts and independent shops, a group of automakers are arguing that the law would undermine data security, adding that the law is poorly drafted and possibly impossible to comply with. Automakers may still seek to implement a preliminary injunction against the law because, you know, that's a that's an S ton of money in their uh, repair base that they're not going to get because somebody else will do it for less than $300 an hour. Yeah, but there's a, another argument to be made. I bought the car. I bought the tech in the car. The tech tells me how to work on the car. You sold me the car with that tech in it. Yeah. Why can't? Yeah. You don't get to continue to have a, an exclusive claim to that tech. You sold it to me. Well, maybe we can start paying a monthly fee. Oh, screw that. No, no, no. Now, in 2021, no. the Biden administration issued an, an executive order encouraging the Federal Trade Commission to take action on restrictions related to right to repair issues, including self-repair for automobiles and other consumer goods. In 2022, U.S. lawmakers introduced a new bill aimed at ensuring the right to repair. And you absolutely should have that right. It, I, You know, I don't get why you can't. It, it's like, uh, if do you watch Rich Rebuilds on YouTube? Yeah. I, I watch that quite a bit and also uh, catch him on Facebook. And sometimes the, the things that he's been through and actually the way he's kind of had to back off of some stuff a little bit because Tesla got litigious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They really, really did. And 
if listen, if you're gonna have it in the car, if you're going to have that tech in the car, if you're going to have that software in the car, then you have to expect the people you sell it to are going to want the right to work on it. Yeah. Just you, it seems incongruous to me that you sell something, but then you retain the right to touch it afterward. Meaning the owner is not allowed to do anything to it. Well, that should be in, that should be up front. That should be something that you express to the customers up front. By the way, when we sell you this, we retain the exclusive right to service the car. If the people know that going into it, they probably wouldn't buy it. And I'm guessing that's why the manufacturers aren't saying anything about it. Yeah, they're not exactly saying that, hey, by the way. Which seems as underhanded as everything we've ever heard about (laughs) car salesmen ever. Yeah. Especially being since you and I have both been car salesmen. And you know how slimy we are. Oh, my God, yeah. That, that great day that we were walking the lot. And these, oh, yeah. this was a new car lot. It wasn't a used car lot. We were yeah. selling new new, uh, new Chevys. New Chevys I was selling. And I'm I'm walking out there, and the fellow said, you know, Mark? And he, you know, he had the mustache and the oh, receding God. hairline, and he smelled like a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, Mark, you're just too nice. You got to – and he did this little wiggly kind of Tyrannosaurus arm movement thing mm-hmm. that just grossed me out. He's like, got to get a little song and dance to you. And I'm like, oh, shit, I am in trouble. Yeah, I this was this was a mistake. Well, and you figured it out sooner than I did. I actually stayed at that Chevy dealer for a year. Stayed there for a friggin' year, selling your soul. And the very best day I ever had was the day I felt the worst when I left. And I I made twelve thousand dollars in one day with the help of my extraordinarily shady. Sales manager. <laughs> oh yeah, nobody walks till the manager talks. Oh god, uh. that guy was so full of crap you could hear it squish when he walked, and <laughs> just the slimiest thing. And then later, later, I tried to on run a Corvette dealership and be honest about it. Yeah, and I lost my butt in six months. <sighs> well, I, uh, I and I lost a tremendous amount of money at it too. I have met some also uh, to to flip that coin. I have met some really cool people and some really good people who were selling cars. Yeah. Uh, of course, I forgot his name. Remember Burn. the gentleman we brought from a uh, Jeep? Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, this was on on the other show, Road Muscle Radio, that uh, we talked about upcoming. Well, they had a, a Jeep test track. Yeah. At the dealership, so you know log jams and mud pits and all this stuff. And I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever. And he was just a super nice guy and yeah. a, and a good person. Well, think about Vern. Vern. Oh, yeah. We we love Vern to death. He sells some of the coolest stuff we've ever seen, and he's really, really good at it. And yeah. Vern's a, a straight-up, honest, no BS guy. Yeah. Uh, but at regular uh, <laughs> name-brand dealerships, um, man. And, and this, whoever this is, they, you know, you, they won't let you work on your uh, vehicle. There, there is a reason you leave with that feeling like maybe you were violated a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you hold up a car and show where you had the bad touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 to me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's so wrong. I hope we didn't trigger anybody, but... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we apologize. <laughs> Meanwhile, while I'm burning in hell, <laughs> uh, well, you you got to touch Sister Mary Sister Elephant. Will, You're yeah. probably okay. 
class. Uh, you're you're, you're going to be all right. You got a pass now. Yeah, I did. You're, good point. Good lord. So, uh, when did this go off the rails? Yeah. Well, at least it was at the end of the show this time. Yeah. Well, there's a reason I put that story in at the end is because it pisses me off. So yeah. It, that's if if it's your car, you should be able to work on it. You should be able to take it to an independent shop. You absolutely should. I almost never take anything to a dealership. I do on the two German cars we own. Yeah. And it, everything else goes to an independent shop. Even uh, the Schadenfreude Express used to go to an independent shop. And the difference in cost for the <laughs> equal service <laughs> <I'm> was gonna, <laughs> unbelievable. But the bad thing was, is the guy who owned that shop would come out and he'd be honest with you and he'd tell you everything about it. And you're thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> now I, now I know what the benefit the is of paying extra over at the Mercedes dealer. They don't tell me this stuff. Uh-huh. This is <laughs> true. This is, <laughs> why you why you want me to cry? Why Mer- you want me to cry? Mercedes Benz is German. It, it means to have your wallet removed through your rectum. Does <laughs> uh, good? Uh, on that note, thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. Oh my god. And that's the news. <laughs> and that's that's, that's your news, kids. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, And on LinkedIn as Driven Radio Show Podcast. You can also find us anywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield from Markel Groves. Yo. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Oh, 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 oh